Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Four quarterbacks left in the playoffs. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Four quarterbacks left, Perloff, and we've got some juicy matchups here just from the quarterback perspective. The AFC may be a little bit sexier with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson going head-to-head, but the NFC also pretty spicy with Brock Purdy, who is, you know, somewhat of a polarizing figure, and Jared Goff, a, a quarterback who was at, at once like sort of left for dead by his old team and now is one win away from going to the Super Bowl. So let's rank these four quarterbacks mm, in terms okay. of who you would want to be starting for your team. Just talking about the quarterbacks here. Yeah, so not who's had the best career, but moving forward. Uh, okay, I'll go first. Go ahead. Uh, I will go number one, a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Number three, Brock Purdy. And number four, although he's playing awesome, Jared Goff. I, this feels mean to rank anybody third or fourth. He's all four quarterbacks are playing great football. But to me, that is, yeah, at least at the top, the obvious ranking. And I'm curious if you go the exact same way. Well, I'm not going the exact same way. And I can understand why you would want Mahomes as number one if we are talking about a lifetime achievement award and you're talking about what you think Mahomes can do and how dangerous he can be in games like this. Lamar Jackson is playing better than Patrick Mahomes right now. In what way? Well, he's got better numbers than Mahomes. He's got fewer interceptions than Mahomes. He is playing cleaner than Mahomes. He's got maybe better, I would say better weapons because Pacheco is quite the weapon and Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But Kelsey has tailed off this year. You don't trust any of those receivers. And I think there's a reason why Lamar is the MVP this year and not Mahomes. So I, I do think that Lamar is playing the best right now. If you were an alien that landed on this planet and had never heard of Patrick Mahomes before and you just took the seasons of this year, you would say that Lamar Jackson is the is the quarterback you want. Yeah, but I mean, better numbers running the ball, but passing the ball, like Lamar is not throwing it a lot. So does that, th- th- my point is like, li- look at the way this game's going to go. Baltimore, you think Lamar's going to even get 200 yards passing? There's no way. They're going to run it right down Kansas City's throat the entire game. Okay, but you're if, barely even going to see Lamar drop back. I okay, bet. but here's the thing. If you're just looking at Lamar Jackson and his passing yardage numbers, I feel like you're missing the point about what Lamar and how dangerous he's been this year. As he, a, as a runner passer combo. Exactly. Right. Like I, I think that he has shown that he can get the ball downfield to his weapons yeah. because he actually has better weapons than he has before. And he's just never going to be that 300-yard-a-game passer guy. You know? No, no. But I think my argument is Patrick Mahomes has been killed by his wide receivers this year. He's at the top of his game still, and he's still putting up great numbers. And he's still going off in divisional round playoff games because he is the best 
maybe ever, possibly. Yeah. Okay, so, but that's a lifetime achievement award. But no, no. But he's still he's at the peak of his powers right now. You saw the game against your Bills on. He's he's at the top right now. And this sounds like I'm uh, saying something negative about Lamar. But I'm sorry, Tom Brady was the best, and Peyton Manning was the second best. And in this case, Lamar is Peyton Manning. Okay, but you're talking about numbers for Patrick Mahomes: 27 touchdowns and 14 picks, right? With zero with that, rushing touchdown with that receiving core. That's incredible that he even had 4,000 yards passing. Look at those scrubs. Okay, last year he basically had the same crew and he led the league with 41 touchdowns and it's not like he's it's no that is not the same that is not the same crew he they definitely got worse i mean there's no juju there and they have to play these guys that they clearly don't want on the field i mean how many drops juju accounts for 20 more touchdowns no i can tell you definitely not well, this this the honestly i think he he didn't know where to throw the ball he did not know where to throw the ball did you see did patrick mahomes look like himself last week he, definitely. So you're getting peak Patrick Mahomes right now. He's healthy. He's gotten some chemistry with these really, really mediocre receivers. I think Patrick Mahomes right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. Okay, so you can, again, you can say that Lifetime Achievement Award, but if you're talking this season and right now, I've got to give it to Lamar. The other part, too, is he was going against a Bills defense that was really being held together with duct tape and fishing line. I mean, this was, you could tell by the way, especially in the second half, things were going where the Bills would go on these long sustained drives and the Chiefs would score in four in four seconds. You know, they just, the, the Bills defense just is not, was not able to present the same type of challenge that this Ravens defense is going to present. It's it's just going to be, a, you're stepping up in weight class in terms of the defense you're going to face. So yeah, Mahomes looked awesome last week. But let's be honest, like, what's yeah. it going to look? It's going to look much different in the championship game. But the, the, I think the strategic narrative of this football game, Baltimore against Kansas City, is Baltimore is going to run, 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 because they do not want the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hand, because sure. they know he's awesome. And the fact that your Bills, who are a pretty good running team, yep. just ran all over the Chiefs. What are the, what are the Ravens going to do? I don't think you're going to see Lamar do much of anything. I think Lamar, and I'll even take it a step further, and I know this will be controversial. Lamar Jackson is a game manager. Um, and now he's a game I manager. He is so. the best game manager in the NFL. He knows exactly what his ne- team needs to win. So he's going to hold back. He could throw for 400 yards a game. I'm positive about that. Yeah. But he knows that's not what I have to do to win this game. So he's going to hold back, and you're not going to see a ton of Lamar on Sunday. Believe it or not, I know that sounds crazy. He's going to be conservative. He is going to not risk an interception because he knows his team is so much better in the trenches in Kansas City. He knows they can run all over him. So I don't even think Lamar is going to have a A-plus Lamar game on purpose. I think he is just such a team guy that he's going to have a B game just in part because they don't want to throw the ball around and give the ball to Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it's going to be a really conservative Baltimore attack. I'm sorry. I don't understand that. You think that in the AFC Championship game, the guy who's the MVP is going to specifically play conservatively and B-plus, you just said? Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Lamar in this game. I, I definitely... How do you not see him? He's their best weapon on the ground, and and he's the quarterback. Like, I don't understand how, if, if Lamar doesn't have a big game, how are they possibly going to win? They're going to hand the ball off, and yeah. Lamar is going to run. It's going to be Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson down the throat. Okay, but that's still he'll, Lamar he'll, being... He'll have, a, he'll have 85 yards running, and the rest of the team will have 100 yards running. I just don't I don't see him like throwing the ball all over the yard at all by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, well, you have Trent McDuffie, who's an all-pro corner, so there are guys you're going to probably have to avoid, but this is the whole deal about getting the weapons, about having Odell, and you have Zay Flowers, and you have Isaiah Likely, who's come on. We'll see if Mark Andrews is going to be healthy. 
I think Lamar picks and chooses. I think he's going to play really conservative. And you football. see them winning in this scenario or oh, losing yeah. in this scenario? I think I think they're going to steamroll the Chiefs. Uh, I think this with is, Lamar playing a muted role, but yes. him running the ball is yes, muted. I, him running the ball is him using his greatest asset. I think he is going the number one priority, and I saw this against Houston. He is not going to throw an interception. I think he's like he's I been really good. Only seven picks this year. He's yeah. Really I mean, I think he is really avoiding mistakes. And honestly, I think Mahomes will throw an interception. So maybe that hurts my Mahomes argument. Yes, I think Lamar is going to play a muted game. That is the exact way to put it. I do not. And I think I think Baltimore wants that too. I think Lamar wants that. He is all about winning this. He wants a Super Bowl so bad. He doesn't care what he looks like. I think he is not going to. If he gets out there and starts throwing it all over the place, he's going to risk interceptions, and that's the last thing he wants to do. Okay, but fair. I don't think any, you don't want to turn the ball over. I mean, that's the biggest thing for a quarterback, especially in these big playoff games. But, like, look at what happened in the divisional round. You played the Texans. You're you were, tied at half. And what had to happen? Lamar had to come out like a house on fire. They scored three straight touchdowns, three straight possessions to put the game out of reach. Right, but Lamar, totally, he had 100 yards rushing, which is impressive, but he only had 150 yards passing. I think you're going to see that same formula. I do not, you know, he's had games this year where he's thrown for 300 yards, and he's got a huge completion percentage, and he's been incredibly accurate downfield. I just don't see Lamar wanting to do that on <laughs> Sunday. And I think you know what I mean. Like, you you do not want to get in any kind of fast-paced shootout with Kansas City because they have Patrick Mahomes. You want to take your biggest advantage is your, your run game and your run defense. Okay, and, but that's what the Bills that's, just did, and yeah. they ended up losing. I mean, they and, were right there, but they lost. And they probably, that's why they were close. If they had just been, if they had wanted to go in an aerial one-for-one and get Mahomes against Allen, who yeah. wins that game? Mahomes. Yeah, but it's funny because it kind of feels, and we're talking now about ranking the quarterbacks that you would want with the four quarterbacks left and Perloff and I have different quarterback at the top. He has Mahomes, and I have Lamar Jackson. But here's the thing, right? Like, you say that you don't want to get into a shootout with the Chiefs, but also saying that this is the worst receiver core that Patrick Mahomes has had. It's guys who are knuckleheads, who drop passes, who make bad plays. Miko Hardman fumbling at the goal line, gives the touch back to the Bills. Could have been one of the big mistakes of the entire postseason. So if if you're I, – I get not wanting to get into a shootout, but in some ways – if you find yourself in one, don't you think the Ravens still could win the game? They could, but that's 100% not the game script they want. That's the exact opposite well, of the, the game script. the defense that the Ravens have, they don't want to – why would they – they're right. not going to get into a shootout. They have an outstanding run game and an outstanding defense. So they want – and they know they can they can beat up Kansas City pretty big here because I think Buffalo beat them up on the front line. Also, Kansas City's offensive line, Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. I mean, how many, how many flags are they going to get in one game? Who knows? I just think that I, I honestly, and I'm going to stick with. I think Lamar is a game manager. He'll do exactly what he needs to do to win. I don't think he cares at all about what his stats look like. And I think, to his credit, I thought against Houston, he was. There are a lot of times where he held on to the ball and did not fling it downfield. He's like, I don't need to do that now. Right. I'm going to keep it slow. I don't care if I get 300 yards passing. I'm actually saying this to his credit. Game managers always use as an insult. But Lamar is is an interesting interesting player to me because he seems to know exactly what's going on around him. He seems to do exactly what he needs to do for the Ravens. And I think that's how this game plays out. I think he, he slows the game down. They just sort of uh, rely on their strengths. Because if it's going to be a passing battle, that goes back, actually, yeah. that gives the edge to Kansas City. And that's not what Baltimore wants. I think there's you got to have the fine line here because I, yes, I agree you can have this sort of run first, more quote-unquote conservative game plan. 
But at some point, you're going to have to take your shot. I mean, this is something that really hurt the Bills, where they were 0 for 3 on any kind of Josh Allen 20-plus yards down the field. They could not get that explosive play, obviously highlighted by the Stephon Diggs drop. They could not get that explosive play when they needed it. At some point, you're going to need that to really take out the Chiefs. I mean, they're not going to go away easy. Well, you probably will. Even in this formula, if you run, 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 Kansas City's going to creep up, and eventually Lamar is going to, going to see that and take right. advantage, but it won't be a lot. I mean, he'll, I'll bet you he comes out and he is not throwing downfield a lot. So you think that you're, you're willing to say here as we're sitting here on this Wednesday before yeah. the AFC championship game, that coming out of the game on Sunday, Lamar Jackson won't be the story. Like that's kind of what you're no, implying. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a Lamar game. I think, uh, wow. I disagree. I think that. it's going to be a defense run. I think, I think Baltimore's defense is going to be the story. Well, they're going to be. They're kind of like they're when the Josh, number one scoring defense yeah. in the league. They have to be. They have to be a big part of this if they're going to pull pull off this win. I'll give you an analogy. What was yeah. the best game of the Bills season this year? The one game the one where, against the, the Cowboys. Right. And yeah. what did Josh Allen say after that game? He got an A on the group project and didn't do anything. Yes, I think I think it's closer to that game. I don't think Lamar. This is not the Lamar game. I think he could have a game and say he played the Niners in the Super Bowl. Maybe it's a different formula. But I I think Lamar. Kind of, maybe I'm dead wrong, but I would bet the under on his passing yards. I don't think he wants to start throwing it around. He, I mean, Lamar is really, really good at this. Like, he knows how to win football games. Look at his win percentage. Yeah, I know, but what's the biggest criticism he gets is that he can't win in the playoffs. And yeah, but he's been injured and missed a lot of the most no, recent players as he's developed and he's I'm a more mature you. player. I'm with you. I think that let's let's let him get a few more playoff games under his belt before we start saying he's some big playoff choker. I mean, he's and, one, right. in four, one in three. Totally. In and the, the, last, and, last week. And the other thing, too, is the reality is, and you know this is true, you do not want to see Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hand at the end of a game. No, I mean, it's those death that's taxes why, and, and, and the Chiefs scoring. On the final drive. And that's but, why I put him number one. But. I, yeah, and, and I get the Baltimore defense thing. I've been riding the Buffalo, the Baltimore defense all season. But it just feels like when I've seen Pat Mahomes lose in the playoffs, it's because some quarterback rose to a level that we didn't expect. Burrow rose to a level right. we didn't expect. Oh, not Tom Brady didn't lower than we expect, but Tom Brady played outstanding uh, in that Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't know if you're beating Patrick Mahomes in a must-win scenario by – Kind of just getting the A no, and not doing and not doing anything. Cincinnati beat him because Lou Anarumo completely solved the Chiefs and they didn't even score a point in the second half. It was that, such was, a, that, that was that was the such a bizarre game. That was such a bizarre game because remember the Chiefs were rolling in the first half and, and then, then they they, sh- they went for it on a fourth down right before halftime mm. and didn't get it. Remember and it felt like the momentum kind of switched and then yeah, Bengals defense just. Bottled them up. And by the way, Tom Brady, that that was not the story of the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. The story of the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl was the Chiefs couldn't block anybody and they scored nine points. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think Lamar wants to go tete-a-tete uh, in a passing game. That doesn't make any sense for Baltimore because their strengths lie elsewhere. 855-212-4CBS. Chris is in Richmond, California. He's got his own Final Four quarterback ranking. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hey, Maggie. Perloff, how are we doing? Good show. Appreciate you. How you been? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. Can't complain. It's a little wet over here this morning, but we need it, so it's all good. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I just wanted to comment real quick, keep it short and sweet. Um, I, I know it's going to sound crazy. I know it, we're going off of numbers and everything, but it seems like, for this year at least, we've gone off of a whole different system, and I think we're kind of thinking about it differently, maybe a little bit wrong. Okay. I know traditionally it's, quarterback is the number one rogue warrior he's the 
road warrior. He's the guy. You know, you, you have a question, you go to him. Now it just seems like I give the slight edge to Brock Purdy right behind Lamar, obviously, but over the other two. And it's going to sound crazy, but the only reason why is because the weapons around him. Right. And I know you guys kind of knock him because of his weapons, but at the same time, I think that's what makes a quarterback great. And kind of looking back at the last year's championships, even going back when Brady had killer teams, I mean, we weren't talking about his offense. Right, right. We were talking about short checkdowns and defense, and then we thought he was a GOAT. We're still calling him the GOAT, but for some reason, because the guy's name starts with Brock, we want to hate on him so much. So I'm putting him at number two, and of course I'm real. I, I'm, I'm a Niner fan. I'm still putting Lamar as number one. He's God gifted. <laughs> that guy's different. Yeah. So and he I'm came not, in and beat crazy, you guys. But, so you have to sort of uh, give a little respect where it's due there. And oh, to put Purdy sure. in front of Mahomes, though, Chris, that's a take. That's I mean, we, we're going to give you a show here on hey, CBS Sports Radio. Year. It's for this year, year <laughs> by year, baby. You know how it goes. We're day by day, but I'll take year by year. This year, give it a BP, but that's all I'm saying. Good I, show, guys. Thanks, Chris, and appreciate that. Yeah. And I get what he's talking about. And, you know, knocking Brock Purdy – the only way, reason why I knocked Brock Purdy was the MVP conversation. That's it. What Brock is doing, I think we all acknowledge, is really, really special. I just thought MVP mm. bridge too far. To put him above Mahomes, though, pull yeah. off is something else. That's tough. <laughs> and I feel bad putting Lamar number two on the list because he's obviously the MVP of the league right now. But Mahomes is Mahomes. So it's not like I'm putting him number two behind, um, you know, uh, Behind Brock Purdy. I'm putting number two behind Mahomes. You can't put anybody. You cannot possibly put Brock Purdy above Mahomes. That's just not fair. I do like his point. You know, Brock Purdy, if he plays like Tom Brady in the early Patriots, that'll win you a Super Bowl. He doesn't have to be the MVP uh, to win you a Super Bowl. I got it. They need to uh, kick out Jake Moody for Adam Vinatieri, and then they'd really have it. I got a note from a, a listener yes. that was right up my alley that you will love. Okay. Uh, it's not worth saving over the break, but he sent me a note of our, a listener named Duncan did Brock Purdy lie about his hand size at the combine? And it's a really a small hand problem. That's why I can't play in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's up your alley. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm obsessed with hand size. So yep. Brock Purdy has a normal size hand, but does he really? Now I'm starting to worry about Brock Purdy's hands. Well, the guy asked me, have I ever shaken Brock Purdy's, Purdy's hand? And what did I think? We, we, we did. did. What did you think? Do you remember? I don't think about these things. See, this is a you thing. I've never shaken. Well, you know, that's not true. I shook Adrian Peterson's hand. And oh, well, that that's thing very is, famous that he... The vice, yeah. Yeah, that he like really grips people's hands and kind of leaves a very memorable handshake. And I thought, how is he going to shake my hand? Like He can't do this to a woman would feel very, very odd. And he almost held my hand like a teacup. Oh, he was gentle. It was like, <laughs> it was like he would like held a couple fingers and just sort of shook it that way. He wouldn't even like fully en- embrace my that's hand. That's so interesting. I wouldn't, wouldn't know what he was going to do. By the way, Brock Purdy, nine and a quarter inch hands. I don't know. I, Numbers is that lie. Good or bad? I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty good. Okay. That's average, but he obviously couldn't grip the ball in the rain, so it makes me worry about his hand size. I mean, Kenny Pickett's what eight and nine and a quarter is okay. I mean, is it so much about hand size? Hand size is everything. No, but I think sometimes it's also how your skin. And now we're getting really deep, but sometimes <laughs> I think it's how your skin deals with like cold or wet. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's always circulation. Yeah, like I think he may have big hands, but it's just I know uh, you know. I have regular size hands, but like I, my hands are terrible in cold weather. Yeah. Like I don't have more small yeah. hands than normal people, but like <laughs> I, I know like I can't grip football, but I can't do anything in cold weather. So I, I wonder for him, like he just doesn't do well from Arizona. in cold weather. Right. Well, but he played, played at Iowa State. State. I got to tell you, uh, 
I wish I had bigger hands because I cannot grip a basketball well. That has been the killer. Basketball hand size. Is it ever seen Kawhi's hands in person? Or <laughs> the claw. I mean, all claw. those guys. Uh, the great basketball players have gigantic hands. You know who else backs up your hand size thing? Boomer. Boomer Esiason right. down the hall. Does he got big hands? Massive. Yeah, but of course. He says that Josh Allen has got the big hands, which is why he can oh, yeah. be good in cold weather. It's like he, throwing a golf ball for Josh he's Allen. Got fumbling problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. Honestly, I don't even want. I, what What are you going to test a quarterback at the combine for? Who cares what his forty is? Who cares what he bench press? Hand size is the only measurement I need to see for this year's draft. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Uh, hey, Zeus is in the chat. EJ says that Purdy needs to rough up the skin on his hands. I don't know, do construction work in the well, off season. How do you do that? Once I lose, you should do something that I would not see Jesse does. You can't urinate on <laughs> your hands. That's an old wives' tale. <laughs> I know, but he does it. I've seen other, there's other weird stories about <laughs> players and that they do the rough of their hands, but he can do some things, but it would be quite disgusting. There's no chance that urinating on your hands makes it rougher, right? I would think that would work. Also, too, mentally, if, if you're going to that far, I think you're committed to it. Also, I've, here's the thing. You pee on your hands to try to rough them up like Moises Alou allegedly. Did he ever admit to it? I don't remember. Okay. We've taken it as fact. (laughs) At this point, it's been repeated so much, it might as well be fact. So then what happens? You can't just then go immediately and wash them off. You just got to sit with the pee hands for a while? What, an hour? Well, you guys know if you get stung by a jellyfish that uh, if we're at the beach, say, uh, in California one day, someone's going to have to pee on you. That's just facts. Not if you have some vinegar handy. Then you can also do that. Who has vinegar at the beach? Well, that happened to me once when I happened to be on a nude beach that I didn't know was nude. I just happened to be in a foreign country. I can tell the story really fast. My husband and I happened to be in (laughs) Spain, in the south of Spain, in the middle of the summer, which is like basically sitting in the middle of the sun. And we went to a beach that apparently is just a regular beach, but everyone's nude there. And it's not like in a nude, sexy way, like families together nude. My husband was wearing board shorts. I was wearing a bikini. It was like we were wearing snow pants. I mean, we were so overdressed for the occasion of being at this nude beach. And I got stung by a jellyfish. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ow, ow, I got stung. This older, heavier gentleman says, Senor, Senor, Vinagre, Vinagre, motions me over to his blanket. My husband escorts me over to the blanket where the guy then proceeds to sort of turn around completely, completely naked, opens the cooler that he had brought to the beach, bends over, rummages through the cooler, gives <laughs> us the vinegar, and I'll tell you guys, I can't unsee what I saw that Yeah, day. this is way too early in the morning for that image. 855-212-4CBS. But the vinegar worked. 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up next, we're giving out some NFL awards in a Maggie and Perloff twist. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Man, I am upset about the Oscar nominations. Me and everybody else, how they screwed over the people behind Barbie. That is not what we're going to talk about right now. We are going to do our own season-ending award show. Uh, I forget how we're introducing this, Maggie. What do we got here? Can you explain it? We're calling this the NFL Oscars with our own categories that are a little different than the traditional Oscars. And we will give you our two nominees, Perloff and myself, and then maybe the audience can vote on who has the better, who should win the award. How does that sound? 
Uh, okay. Or these also could be our two winners. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you're like, let's make this a contest because mine are gonna be better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna be better. It's up to the public to decide. Thankfully, not the. Uh, it's up to the academy to decide. The, the public yes. obviously doesn't have a choice here because <laughs> the academy screwed up their nominations. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so we are gonna do a couple different categories here. Again, different than the act. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oscars. So first category we are going to do. Let's start with the heavy hitter. Best villain. Ooh. Best villain of the NFL season. Perloff, go ahead. So when you think of villain in NFL, it's got to be the man in stripes. Who is screwing up everything? I mean, honestly, it's just uh, the way we tweet these days. Any bad call, and I'm jumping all over it on social media. But who is the worst official this year? Definitely Brad Allen. Screwed up. The Cinderella Lions about to beat the Dallas Cowboys have this brilliant play where multiple linemen report is eligible. Unfortunately, Brad Allen did not hear it. Dan Skipper, an extra offensive lineman, comes in. Play action. End zone. There it is! Unbelievable! The two-point try is good, and it's Taylor Decker. Now a flag comes in at the end, and they've thrown another. The question is, did Skipper, an offensive lineman, report? What else could it be? So the call is an illegal touch. There you go. Uh, Taylor Decker caught the ball, and they thought Skipper reported. So, and the Lions now, they make it very clear in the official... That, and Brad Allen just didn't even – the guys – both guys ran up to him, and he just ignored them both. Terrible mistake. Luckily, the Lions are still alive, and it's not going to be like the Saints pass interference call. It's one of the worst screw-ups I've ever seen, and probably 45 million people are watching. He's clearly the villain number one. For me, the villain is easy this year. Some of you love her. A lot of you hate her. Taylor Swift. Do we have the special guest at Arrowhead Stadium? Uh, and I'll warn you, brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, you might want to just look at the Internet for the last time because when this gets spread around the World Wide Web, the Internet's going to break. The rumors apparently are true. Taylor Swift is friends with Travis Kelsey and the Kelsey family. That was Mama Kelsey in the luxury suite at Arrowhead Stadium. 
and it just went on from there. So my best villain for this NFL season, Taylor Swift, yours is Brad Allen. Let's move on to our next category. Best plot twist, or not best, excuse me, biggest plot twist of this season is who? I'll go with C.J. Stroud and the Texans because everybody ripped that pick at number two. Everyone thought the Texans wanted Bryce Young, and then they won a game at the end of the season, fell number two, and they were rebuilding. And D'Amico Ryans, we all liked, but they th- thought they would be a terrible team. Boom, out of nowhere, they're awesome. Did not see that coming. As Stroud, little play action to start. Good protection. Airs it out for Collins. He's got it. One play, touchdown, Texans. There you go. The biggest plot twist for me as we're giving out some Oscars here for the NFL season is Aaron Rodgers getting injured four plays into the season. And now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. He's coming out of the game. Rodgers, everyone wanted to see him on a new team. Four plays in. He's done for the season. That was the biggest plot twist of this NFL NFL year. Okay, more Oscars. We're giving out best cameo. Oh, I'll go first. Now, I have to admit I'm not super familiar with his uh, repertoire, but the rapper Blueface at the Rams game stole the show. But if you have that kind of stuff happening at games, adults are not going to want to bring their kids. No, you can't sudden, bring children. No. no, and all of a sudden in 20 years, you're not going to have these four and five-year-olds because they're like, well, I'm not taking that game. You know what I'm saying? Did, did security <laughs> stop it? Like, what happened? So I think security did. They ended up kicking him out. So, which is wild. He proposed to his girlfriend in the suite and then had strippers. I mean, my guess is those are strippers. <laughs> that's Kelly Stafford on her podcast, Matthew Stafford's wife. Uh, I mean, that's like the anti, the most anti-NFL move of all time. That's why I appreciate it. It's the opposite of Taylor Swift. The NFL wants Taylor Swift in the booth. Their worst nightmare is Blueface bringing a bunch of strippers into a box at the Rams game. And then somehow proposing to his girlfriend was a cherry on top. I love that she's predicting the downfall of the NFL because Blueface brought a bunch of strippers. <laughs> I got to tell you, as a, a five-year-old Andrew would have been very curious about what was going on in that box. I don't think I'd be like, Dad, I want to go again next week. I don't know if Kelly Stafford understands how this thing works. Uh, for me, best cameo has to be the dual tandem, the tag team of you will of Tommy Cutlets and his agent. Play action from DeVito. End zone. Catch is made. Touchdown. Isaiah Hodgins. Family section and his agent. This guy, the agent may break the internet. The heck's going on? (laughs) (laughs) They have him kisses everywhere. Giants Uh up four. I mean, it looked like, I mean, the agent looks like he's wearing a costume at times. Like he is going to a Halloween party dressed as like a, a, a mobster or something like that. And of course, Tommy Cutlets will be signing sandwiches and probably uh, yeah. t-shirts everywhere for the for the end of time. Yeah. Anyway, right. okay. Best screenplay is we're giving out some Maggie and Perloff NFL Oscars. Perloff, your best screenplay is what? Honestly, it's so obvious. The Detroit Lions, especially if they win, it's going to be a movie. This, if any of the four remaining teams, the other three should be there. Uh, Detroit, if they win, it's Disney. Uh, obviously, Ryan Gosling will play Jared Goff. That's a given. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's all set. The screenplay has been written. They kind of have to win, but uh, 
to me, this is by far the most interesting story of the season. Goff takes a knee. There will be no more snaps. And for the second time ever, it can be said the Detroit Lions are playing for an NFC championship. There you go, Kevin Kugler on Westwood One. And when we say screenplay, we're kind of leaning into the NFL scriptwriters. Like, what's the best storyline yeah. here from the year? And for me, the best screenplay of the year is the fact that the Packers could actually go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, and it could be three all-time great quarterbacks. I'm not trying to anoint the kid too quickly, but man, does he look good. Here's the snap, Jordan Love. Looks downfield, throws off the back foot to the end zone. Yes, and the shoulder yes, catch. Yes. Touchdown! Don Tavian Wicks on the post, and the Packers lead it 20 to nothing. I mean, just amazing that they would actually pull off three franchise quarterbacks back to back to back. It is unreal. That's the best storyline of the season. Okay, last one. Best performance, Maggie and Perloff, NFL Oscars. Yeah, I, I'm going with the Dolphins dropping 70 on the Broncos. Second down and two. AJ, big hole. Turns it out, accelerating. You can kiss him goodbye. 69 points on a 67-yard touchdown. It was like uh, Oklahoma football in the 80s. Just Devon A. Chen and Raheem Mostert running crazy. And then the best part is people might not remember Mike White threw a 70-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson yeah. at the end of the <laughs> game. That's how good this was. For me, this is the incredible comeback also involving the Dolphins, but on the wrong side of it. The Titans coming back from down two scores in the final two minutes to absolutely stun Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. My best performance. I had a different one. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Mine is, how dare I? My best performance, Green Bay Packers again. How did I mess that up? Green Bay Packers again, taking out the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round. And he takes the snap, takes the handoff, tight pocket. Throws it. Intercepted. Intercepted back the other way. It's going to be a pick six for now Savage. I think the intended target was C.D. Lamb and Darnell Savage, but he was not the primary coverage guy. He was in the neighborhood and just jumped that pass. Wow, we had a uh, La La Land Moonlight situation right there. You gave the award <laughs> so to the sorry. wrong nominee. Oh, my gosh. Where's Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, yes, final score, 48-32, but it really wasn't that close, and that was my best performance. It was yeah. shocking. Right now, Will Levis, there's a tear rolling slowly <laughs> down his eye. Uh... <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's... Yes. Who's that guy that had the wrong... The host had the wrong award for the Oscars. That was the yeah, season, yeah, yeah. the La La Land. I'm yeah, Warren Beatty right was now. It? Steve Harvey had the wrong Steve Miss Universe. Oh, was, yeah. oh, that was the best. Steve Harvey with the wrong Miss America. That cracks me up. That's but, uh, what it was, yeah. And then Jimmy Kimmel had to fix the Oscar thing. Yeah, I knew I mixed those up. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I couldn't land the plane there. There you go. And, and uh, yeah, we'll get later in the show. I, can I vent about the Barbie thing later? It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, we should save that because I I think that is so interesting. And, listen, I'm you're a woman, so... Yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't know if that made you mad as a feminist, but like the fact that <laughs> Greta Gerwig was not nominated, what are we doing here, people? Anyway, 
Uh, got a lot of thoughts on that. Bogus has headlines. Good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. So let's have... start with Oscars. I was thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> 43 games, 30 of them win. That's all Adrian Griffin gets in Milwaukee. The Bucks made the coaching change despite having the second best record in the East. The men who messed up this switch so badly will answer questions later today. They may explain why they're the latest team to sign up for Doc Rivers blowing a lead in the playoff series. The oh. current ESPN analyst is the apparent heavy favorite to replace Griffin. The New Orleans Pelicans scored their most points ever last night against the Jazz. Clarkson's shot really tough. Short. Dice on the floor. The lob. It's oh, baby! That was serious enough. That's from Pell's TV. Zion going way up in the air for a one-handed alley-oop. He scored 17, had a career-high 11 assists in this 153-124 route of Utah. The Clippers stayed hot, 127-116 over the Lakers. They've won 11 of 13. Kawhi Leonard, 25-11-10. The Thunder snuck past the Blazers, 111-109. And the Knicks rallied past the Nets, 108-103, 30 points apiece from Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Chet Holmgren, part of the 41-member USA Hoops player pool for the Paris Olympics. Victor Webanyama can't do that either. Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, Austin Reeves also among the younger guys on this list, which can change before the roster is picked in the spring. Can't do it because he's not American. Correct. <laughs> yes. That's all you got. He'll be playing yeah. for France, yeah. though, right? Yeah, I was about to say. Well, uh, Joel Embiid spurned France to play for Team USA, and they were very unhappy about yeah, that. Yeah, is there any way we could get Wemby? I guess not. <laughs> uh, Cleveland center Tristan Thompson suspended 25 games for PEDs. Uh, that's Chloe's man, right? Apparently had a full regimen going, testing positive for two things, a growth hormone and for another substance that promotes muscle enhancement. That one's a favorite of bodybuilders. So Tristan Thompson can hang out. He can practice, but he's got to leave the gym two hours before a game as he serves his suspension. <laughs> that's written in the rule. Yes. <laughs> What's up with the two hours like before you eat, but after you stretch? I, I yeah, know. I guess five. That's starting at five for a seven o'clock game. That's like the real time yeah, so where you gotta you can't be there. A lot of Tristan Thompson caught cheating. Shocker. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. There you out go. There. Yeah. Just, I didn't what? even know he was still playing. I know a lot of people were surprised. I was surprised when I saw him playing against the Knicks a couple months ago. Is there anything? I, listen, I'm not a proponent of steroids. You should never use them. They're terrible for your body. We know the effects of this is awful. But when a guy's really trying to hang on to a career, is it kind of like, hey, at least he's trying? This is, to me, why I hate the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because you know how many bad players are using steroids? <laughs> and <laughs> use them not. during the 90s and use them yeah. in the early 2000s? Like, a ton. And we only ding the great players. It's it's not a oh, great way. No, we only ding the ones that could be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bad guys cheating, they don't matter. Right, no, exactly. Like, I don't the guys care about Brett be, Boone. Yeah, you know, guys who could be in the Hall of Fame, guys who have real athletes on the line, Those they're the only ones who really get real punished. They take the heat, but all the minor leaguers are so desperate to get to the pros, they'll take anything. But, right, like, how are we going to call them out? Why? 
Well, I mean, it's just, it's so competitive, but I don't know. There's something about guys who are trying to hang out. Maybe I shouldn't be this sympathetic. Yeah. Maybe it's cutting corners, and when your time's up, your time's up, and Tristan Thompson's made tons of money. He doesn't need this. Well, I heard, by the way, Tristan Thompson's playing really well for the Cavs. That's like a storyline right well, now. With all that stuff in your body, I <laughs> yeah, hope yeah. so. Like, all of a sudden, Jeez. like he's a very effective backup center in today's NBA. Where it's, I was shocked to hear that. I guess. My disappointment is if you're going to cheat, you got to cheat with something that we don't know about. He was cheating with two things that were clearly <laughs> not allowed. It's like when guys get caught for Winstrall. I'm like, wow. Wow, that's the stuff from the 80s. Right? Yeah. Or like, like, you know, cow toenails. Like, just something crazy that you can only get, like, outside the U.S. Yeah. Not the, two things from GNC. Or even, like, uh, wasn't it Fernando Tatis? It was something with, he gave, like, took, like, a women's drug that yeah. people thought masked steroids, yes. basically. Like, it's stuff like that. Do you yeah, that's de- old school. Do you remember yeah. the deer antler spray? Oh, you yeah. guys remember that? Oh, yeah. The Ray Lewis, that was right? Ray Lewis. Lewis. And then VJ Singh, I think, was also taking the deer antler spray. But by the way, we all think the modern baseball players are taking steroids. They just figured a way to get around the test, right? Is there anybody who thinks they're clean? Um, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure people are always cheating. I don't just I don't know if it's a lot. I think they've I think they've mastered the test. I think they're still cheating because the home run numbers are huge nowadays. I know. They blame that on the different ball, different parks. Yeah, I've heard all that that crap from MLB before. But Uh, they're worse offensive players, though. Even the home run hitters aren't hitting 330 like Bonds and Sosa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but still, like, there are certain players on certain teams in the southeast region of America who are having statistical anomaly years. But they're not hitting 70 <laughs> home runs. Uh, yeah, look at the Braves lineup. There's a lot of home runs there. <laughs> yeah, but but no one's hitting 80. You have a lot of guys. The, the difference now is like little dudes hit home runs. I know, but that's the Perloff's point. You can't get 100 on the test, you know? I don't think they're striking out on purpose. Don't get don't get me wrong, but... But no, I mean, the, I think it's naive to think that there's not some form of steroids okay. in the game. If there's one sport you're watching, and you're like, man, I think... Well, maybe, maybe people don't think like this when they're watching. But if there's one sport you're watching and think everybody's on steroids... Is football. Yeah, yeah. And we don't care. Not well, even a no. little bit. And it Not doesn't, even help, a, doesn't yeah. hurt you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah Antonio Gates. Yeah, they want to get Harris in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. I kept hearing that all weekend. I'm like, oh, that guy used steroids like, yeah. and admitted it, it. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think people are like, it's a survival technique in the NFL. Different threshold. What else you got, Bogey? Uh, well, speaking of the Hall of Fame, Adrian Beltre, a career 286 hitter. Joe Maurer at 306. Todd Helton at 316. All elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday. Lefty reliever Billy Wagner missing by five votes, maybe because he had just one career hit. We also have the Brewers nearing a deal with former exactly Phillies why. first baseman <laughs> Reese Hoskins. Uh, the Falcons' coaching search seems far from over. They met with Rams D coordinator Raheem Morris yesterday. They've got a second meeting coming with Texans OC Bobby Slowick. Plus, they're going to Detroit to meet again with Lions coordinators Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. All of this after flirting with Bill Belichick last week. Yeah, uh, Belichick's not getting that job. Uh, unless I It guess. sounds like unless he makes a big concession or something yeah. because they're bringing in everybody under the sun. I, what if Belichick's not coaching next year? The Bills are not firing their coaches. They just did their, their press conference yesterday. Yeah, Eagles, too. Same with the Eagles doing their press conference today. Would have been two spots for Belichick. They're gone. The openings are just the openings right now. So it's Atlanta's still open. Who else is still Well, open? if the Chargers, the Chargers don't do Harbaugh, then maybe right, Belichick right. gets back in there. Washington. They've been kind of Washington's going to be Ben Johnson, That's right? That's the assumption, yeah. yeah. So we have three openings, right? Oh, Seattle. Carolina. Did you say Carolina? Uh, no. Seattle and Carolina. So five. And we we believe, right, Tepper wants Belichick? Has he interviewed there? Oh, I, I, I don't actually, think so. I didn't see that. Why Belichick can't go to Carolina? I mean, he can't. But I thought that was like, that was early, like when he was still like in season. Yeah. The end uh, of the year was that Tepper would want Belichick. The report that Belichick has, quote, asked others about Tepper. 
Oh, yeah. He can ask me. No. <laughs> I, was say, I got you, Bill. Ask everybody. The, the public record. Yeah. yeah. I'm done, guys. Back to you. Bogus, thank you so, so much. Uh, coming up, one team can tend to run it back. We'll get to that next. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Listen, I get it. The sting of the Bills' loss is still very, very fresh. But Sean McDermott, the head coach, Brandon Bean, they met the media, the GM, that is, uh, met the media yesterday. And one thing Sean McDermott said, Perloff, really didn't sit well with me. He said the Bills don't need wholesale changes. This is not a situation where you... You strip it down to the studs. You start all over. I mean, we've done a lot of good things, and, and the players have done a lot of good things. Um, I think you really start with understanding the success that we've had and how we've gotten it. And then you make tweaks along the way um, to try and get ourselves uh, to become world champions. I, I don't love that. Uh, to me, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. And the Bills have had notable ones in the postseason. So why not say we're going to look at what we did wrong and how we can eliminate those things, not what we can do right and do more of it. Am I splitting hairs here? No, I, I like what you're saying. You do have to learn from your mistakes. But is maybe what he's saying a function of what are the real options, the way the salary cap here? Is he telling the fans the best thing he can in this situation? Uh, if they wanted to sort of rip the Band-Aid and do things radically different are they in a position to do that no they are not and you're right about that um brandon bean is the general manager let's play cut two pete he says he's disappointed but this is not a rebuild were there some plays we like back yes um but we had the ball with at the two minute warning in field goal range to tie with a chance to take the lead Uh, we were right there so while we're extremely disappointed i'm Nobody's more disappointed than me. I'm also not going to just throw the whole season out and say, let's tear this thing up and start over. Yeah. I, I, yeah well, yeah, you yeah. can't throw the whole season out, Terry, but you're right. I, I could hear, I could feel your cringe from three feet well, away there. That's not going to go over <laughs> well with the Bills fans. And the thing is, they also went on to talk about how it's going to be one-year deals for guys and they can't be shopping at the most expensive stores for free agency for free agents because they just have too much money tied up. And that falls really on the general manager and the team building. You know, too much money to too many guys who have not aged well Mm, on the defense. Von Miller. Oh, I mean, that looks like such a mistake. It didn't at the time, but now that is brutal. Coming up, it is Wednesday, which means great debate series around here. This is something loosely tied to the news and loosely tied to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's that next Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.